Belshazzar said to Daniel, I've heard that you can dissolve doubts. And that's what every husband in America ought to be doing right now is dissolving the doubts of his wife. That's what every father in America ought to be doing right now is dissolving the doubts of his, his family. That's what every mother in America ought to be doing right now is dissolving the doubts of her children. That's what our news media should be doing, but they're doing anything but that. And, and everybody's entitled to their own opinion, but in my opinion, that's what President Trump tried to do many times was to dissolve our doubts. Several years ago, I was speaking to one of my adult daughters. I have three adult daughters. I always say beautiful daughters. And I was speaking to one of my daughters, and I was explaining an issue to her. And as I was explaining it, I could tell she was becoming more relaxed as I explained it to her. And finally, she said, with tears in her eyes, she said, the problem is every time a new issue comes up, my daddy is not here when I get home at night to calm my fears. Many years ago, my former pastor, Dr. Jack Hiles, he taught our church something. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I don't remember the name of his message. I don't remember what text he used out of the Bible. But he taught us something that has been used of God many times through the years to calm my fears. So what I want to do this morning is I want to try to teach you a portion of what Brother Hiles taught us many years ago. I'm not going to try to preach his sermon. I couldn't do that. But I'm going to try to teach you what he taught us that God has used many times to calm my fears. Would you look in Ecclesiastes chapter 3? We're going to begin with verse 1. To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Now if you would turn back just one page to Ecclesiastes chapter 1. In most Bibles it's just one page back. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and I want to read one verse. I'm going to read verse 9. Ecclesiastes 1 9 says, The thing that hath been, it is that which shall be. Or in other words, the phrase is saying, the thing that hath been is the thing which shall be. And that which, uh, and that which is done is that which shall be done. And there is no new thing under the sun. That verse is telling us that whatever happened yesterday is what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, the sun rose in the east yesterday and set in the west. Tomorrow the sun will rise in the east and it will set in the west. It's telling us that what happened last week is what will happen next week. It's telling us that what happened last month, it will happen next month. It rained a little bit last month. Well, in most places it did, maybe not here. but, but it, and, and it'll rain a little bit next month. Uh, what happened last year will happen next year. It snowed a little bit last year, at least where I live, and it'll snow a little bit next year. What happened in the last decade is what will happen in the next decade. Mark my word, you take today's date and you count back 10 years and you count the number of hurricanes that we had here in America in the last 10 years and you keep records from today to the next 10 years and you add up the number of hurricanes and I promise you the number will be very similar. What happened in the last decade, will have, what happened in the last century 
will happen in the next century. You know about the same percentage of people that died in the last century are going to die in the next century? Now, if you listen to the news media, they will try to make you think that the worst thing that ever happened in the history of mankind happened today while you had your television off for a few hours. <laughs> or they'll make you try to think that America is going to be destroyed. If not tonight, it'll happen tomorrow. <laughs> but, you know, uh, I even heard one gal say we only had 12 years left. She said in the next 12 years, the whole earth's going to be ruined. You know, it kind of sounds like a Batman cartoon. <laughs> you know, they're going to destroy the whole world in the next 12 years, you know. Uh, the, uh, but, but I promise you, 12 years from now, the sun will still rise in the east and set in the west. Twelve years from now, it'll still rain a little bit every month except here. Uh, uh, Twelve years from now, it'll still snow a little bit every year. Twelve years from now, the geese will still fly south in the fall and come back north in the spring. Twelve years from now, water will still run downhill. We'll all still be breathing oxygen. Most men will still like women. Most women will still like men. Uh, women will still be giving birth to cute little babies, and grandparents will still be loving their grandchildren. Twelve years from now, God will still be doing the same things he's always done. You know, have you ever noticed how far off they are on the age of the earth? <laughs> you know, they talk about it's millions and millions. But all you got to do is look in the book, and it tells you how old it is. Did you ever have one of those open book tests when you were in school? You remember those? I love those. And, and if you want to know how old the earth is, just look in the book. You just do a little bit of math, and you can add it up, and the earth's a little over 6,000 years old. Well, if they're that far off on the age of the earth, the earth is 6,000 years old, and they say millions, and well, they've worn out that phrase now. Now they say billions and billions of Look, if they think it's billions of years, and it's only 6,000, and they're that far off on the age of the earth, how do you think they're going to narrow it down to 12 years? We've got this many left, and, and, and everything's going to be destroyed. You know, the Bible says in the book of Genesis, you don't need to turn to it, but God said, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and, he and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night shall not cease. You know, they would try to make you believe that it has finally gotten so bad that you can no longer have an influence here in America uh, uh, for good or for right. You can no longer uh, 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 get, get uh, people to come to church. Uh, you can no longer uh, uh, rear a godly family for God, a traditional Christian family. Uh, you can no longer uh, uh, win folks to Christ, or you can no longer see people baptized. <laughs> But I promise you, even though the world has its problems, and yes, America has its problems too, but you know, so did Babel when God had to come down and confuse their language. But from that day till now, day and night has not ceased, and the thing that hath been is that which shall be. Yes, the world has its problems today. I'll admit that, and so does America. But you know, Sodom and Gomorrah had its problems when God came down and destroyed that. But from that day to this, day and night has not ceased, and the thing that hath been is that which shall be. Yes, the world has its problems, and so does America. But you know, the children of Israel had their problems when they refused to go into the promised land, and God had to cause them to wander for 40 years in the wilderness. But during those 40 years, and from that time till now, 
day and night has not ceased. And the thing that hath been is that which shall be. Yes, the world has its problems, but so did uh, the nation of Israel when God had to send them into captivity for 70 years. And you remember what the uh, prophet Jeremiah said when, when God sent the children of Israel into captivity? Jeremiah, the prophet, uh, uh, said that, 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 uh, that, that God told him, Build ye houses and dwell in them. You notice the word dwell? That, that sounds long term to me. He didn't say build your house and stay in it for a while. He said dwell there. He, he said make some long-term plans. Even though they were in captivity, he said plant gardens and eat the fruit of them. That sounds like long-term plans. He said take ye wives and beget sons and daughters. That takes a long time. He said make long-term plans. He said take uh, uh, wives for your sons. Give your daughters to husbands. He said seek the peace of the city for in the peace thereof ye shall have peace. What was God telling the children of Israel while they were in captivity? He was telling them to go about the routine of life and make your long-term plans. And what should we be doing here in America today? We ought to go about the routine of life. And we ought to make our long-term plans and we ought to continue to live the way that God uh, would have us to. Uh, he said that the thing that happened yesterday is going to happen tomorrow. The thing that happened last year is going to happen next year. The thing that happened in the last century is going to happen in the next century. Hey, don't let them tell you that you missed your chance. Don't let them make you think that God can no longer do what he, he's always done. Don't let them make you think that God is going to stop doing what he's always done. You know, while the city of Jerusalem uh, lay in ruin... Uh, it had been completely destroyed. Every single house in the city had been burned to the ground. The wall had been destroyed. The remnant of people were living underneath the rubble of the wall. Jeremiah went out one day, and he took a walk through the city. And he looked around to see this destruction and this rubble and these people living in the rubble and turned to Lamentations chapter 3. I want to show you what Jeremiah said. Lamentations chapter 3, I'm going to begin with verse 21. Jeremiah, standing in the midst of the ruined city with the people living under the rubble of the wall, and he makes this statement, verse 21. This I recall to my mind. He's standing there looking at the ruined city, and he said, I recall to my mind the sight of this ruined city, Therefore, I have anxiety. Hmm, that's not what it says, is it? Therefore, I have worry. Therefore, I have stress and fear. No, that's not what he said. He said, therefore, I have hope. Why? Why did he have hope? Look at verse 22. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions failed not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. You know what Jeremiah was saying? Jeremiah was saying the reason the city hasn't been totally destroyed, the reason I have hope is because God has new compassion every morning. God has new mercy every morning. You know, every single morning when I get up, God has to look down at me in my sinful state 
and say, I've got to have some new mercy for him today. I've got to have some new compassion for him today. And when God looks at America, he has to have new mercy, new compassion every day. And I can tell you today, the reason our nation has not been totally destroyed yet, it's not because I'm better than you. It's not because you're better than somebody else. It's not because we're better than them. It's not because there's more of us than there are of them. It's because God has new mercy every morning and new compassions every morning. Look at verse 23. He says, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, I have hope in the Republican Party. No, no, therefore, I have hope in the president of my choice. No, it says I have hope in him. Yes, look at verse 25. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeketh him. It is good for a, that a man should both hope and, oh, I don't like these words, quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. I don't want to quietly wait. I want to tell everybody how I feel. I want to give everybody my opinion. I want to tell everybody, if you'll just listen to me, we'll straighten all this mess out. Just put me in charge, and I'll tell you what to do. But that's not what God says. God says for me to quietly wait for his salvation. Yes, America has had its problems. But do you really want to go back to the, uh, to the good old days? You know, maybe we could go back to the good old days. Maybe go way back to the really good old days. Maybe we could go back to that period of time where for 400 years the entire world was plagued with the leprosy of, of slavery. It even affected us here in America. I mean, maybe we could go back to those really good old days when we used to buy and sell each other. <laughs> or maybe we could go back to the good old days like it was when uh, our Vice President Aaron Burr shot and killed the Secretary of the Treasury, Alexander Hamilton, over a political argument. Or maybe we could go back to the good old days like it was in my childhood. Maybe we could go back to like maybe November of 1963. I remember that morning I was sitting in class in the third grade. My teacher got up in front of the class and she said, boys and girls, get your books together. We're all going home early today. And man, was I excited. <laughs> we were going home early. And she said, the buses are waiting to take you home. I hadn't even noticed, but I looked out the window, and there they were, all the buses lined up beside the building. And, and I went out, I got on the bus, I sat down on about the third or fourth row, right on the end of the seat. And, and, and I was sitting there, a little third grade boy, you know, excited about going home. And there was a big boy sitting across the aisle on the seat uh, next to me. Uh, he was in the fourth grade. His name was Chuck Mazzee. And Chuck said, hey, Ray, you know why we're going home early? And I said, no, and I didn't care. I was just going home early. That's all that mattered. And he said, we're going home early because they shot and killed our president this morning. And my little third grade mind didn't comprehend all of that. But then he said, but you know why the, the real reason why they're sending us home early? And I said, no. And he said, because the Russians are going to invade us. He said, they're going to invade our country. He said, they're trying to get us home so we can be with our parents before they get here. I cried all the way home. <laughs> I sat there on the bus and just, because I could just see three or four big old ugly German, I mean Russian soldiers, you know. I don't know if all Russians are ugly or not, but that morning they were in my mind. <laughs> and, and I could just see them trying to break in the door and, 
and get my mother, you know, and, 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 and uh, or maybe you want to go back to the good old days, maybe 1966, when the man killed his wife and mother-in-law one night, and the next morning he climbed to the top of the clock tower in the uh, University of Texas, Austin campus, and shot and killed 15 people they could stop. Or maybe you want to go back to the good old days, like it was in 1968, when Martin Luther King was assassinated, and riots broke out all over our country. I mean, riots, not the what like what we had last summer. They called them riots. They were really what I called paid-for demonstrations. But but uh, but the riots broke out all over. I think there were 20-something cities that they chose to, to to have those demonstrations in last summer. But but back then it was over a hundred cities, and they didn't burn one police precinct and a couple of cars. Uh, they burned 20 and 30 square block sections of whole cities. I remember the night that my family and I were sitting at the supper table uh, eating supper, and we were watching the evening news, the nationwide evening news, and on live television there was a helicopter hovered above an intersection here in Los Angeles, and 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 and, and uh, uh, we saw it happen. A man pulled up to a red light, and 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 a group of men swarmed his car, broke out his windows, drug him out of the car, and beat him to death there on the street while we watched it happen on the news. And that type thing happened 40, over 40 different times in different places all across our country. I remember the next day my dad came home from work. My dad set me and my brother down on the couch. Uh, I was 12, he was 16. He sat on the coffee table in front of us. My dad was not a hothead. He was not a, a, he was a very calm man. But he said to us, he said, boys, today while I was at work, he was a carpenter. He and another carpenter were building a house in a new neighborhood when nobody lived yet. He said, today when the other man and I left work together in our two separate trucks, he said, we got to the end of the neighborhood where some people lived. And he said, uh, uh, there was about 40 men across the street. He said they had bats, they had uh, 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 iron pipes, tire irons, bricks. He said uh, they stopped our trucks. He said they blocked the road, they wouldn't let us get by. He said I happened to have my shotgun in the back seat behind the seat of the truck. He said the other man happened to have his 30 6 behind the seat in his truck. Back then in the south, everybody had guns in their trucks. And, and he said, we stopped, we opened the door, we rolled the windows down, we racked in a shell, and he said, they dispersed. He said, when I got home this afternoon, I found out that another group of men came today to our neighbor's house, Mr. Lawler. He was a politician. They knew where he was, so they surrounded his house and was trying to break in to bother Mrs. Lawler. The sheriffs had to come and chase them off. And my little 12-year-old ears heard my father say these words. Boys, I can't stay home from work tomorrow. I have to go to work. He said, if those men come back tomorrow and they try to bother your mother, my 12-year-old ears heard my father say, you know where the guns are. And I heard him say with my little 12-year-old ears, Boys, a wounded man can shoot back and testify in court. A dead man can't do either one. Don't shoot him in the leg. Maybe you want to go back to those good old days like in 1969 when 400,000, 
almost half a million teenagers and young adults, so-called adults, uh, showed up in a cow pasture in New York City in a place called Hopewell. And for four days and four nights, a non-stop uh, rock festival with open drugs, open nudity, open sex like animals. <laughs> Maybe you want to go back to those good old days like in the 1970s. You remember John Wayne Gacy and his 33 victims he buried in the basement under his house? Maybe you want to go back to those good old days in the 1970s. Remember Jim Jones talked over a thousand people into going to Guyana with him? And when it was found out what he was really doing, he talked over 900 of them into drinking the Kool-Aid and killing himself. You remember that? Yes, America has its problems, but so has Germany, and so has China, and Japan, and France, and Iran, and Mexico, and Africa, and Russia, and North Korea. But in spite of all those problems, day and night has not ceased. And the thing that hath been is the thing that shall be. You know, I can stand here this morning and say I thank God that in the 1960s and the 1970s, that's when my mother took a gospel track for the first time and set me down on my bed in my bedroom on a Sunday afternoon and read the gospel to me. And with tears running down her face, she asked me if I wanted to get saved. And I didn't quite understand it all, and I didn't get saved at that moment. But you know, it was in 1970 that a bus came by my house. I lived on a dead-end dirt road, and a church bus came and picked me up and took me to church. The first time I went to that church, I got saved. The second time I went to the church, I got baptized. The third time I went to that church, I was called to preach. It was in the 1970s that I went to Anderson College and graduated from there and went into the ministry and have been there ever since. You know, I believe very strongly this morning that 12 years from now, God will still be using this book right here to reveal himself to us. I believe that 12 years from now, God will still be using the foolishness of preaching to get the lost saved. I believe that 12 years from now, God will still be using His Holy Spirit to comfort you and me. I believe that 12 years from now, some of you will still be building a Sunday school class. Some of you will still be visiting on a bus route. 12 years from now, some of you will still be winning folks to Christ. You know, in the last few months, last couple of years, I've had the privilege of going door-to-door soul winning with a different pastor in the state of Texas, uh, Massachusetts, West Virginia, Connecticut, Arizona, North Carolina, Nebraska, Montana, California, Indiana, uh, uh, Mississippi, uh, Michigan, not to mention Thailand and the Philippines and Honduras and Mexico. And I can tell you this morning that in all of those places, God's still saving people. And 12 years from now, God will still be saving people. Don't let them tell you you missed your chance. Don't let them cause you to doubt. Don't let them get your spirit. If they can get your spirit, they can control you. And it's not them that's supposed to control us. It's him that's supposed to control us. You remember that it was while Nebuchadnezzar was the king? Nebuchadnezzar, remember how wicked he was? He's the guy, he was so wicked, God made him go out in the field and eat grass like an ox. But it was while Nebuchadnezzar was the king that God used Daniel. You remember it was while Ahasuerus was the king. Remember Ahasuerus? Remember how wicked he was? One night his wife did something he didn't like, so he kicked her out. 
And then he needed a new queen, so he sent his servants out to the 127 different provinces. Like we have 50 states, they had 127 provinces. And he said, get me a virgin from every one of those provinces. And he, uh, he auditioned each one of those, of those virgins. He spent a night with each one of them. And, and while that wicked man was in charge, God used Esther. While the Pharaohs were in charge, God used Joseph and Moses. While Jezebel was in charge, we may have a Jezebel in charge of our country someday. I don't, I'm not calling any names, but I'm just saying, yeah, you know. But, but while Jezebel was in charge, God used Elijah. While Caesar ruled the world from Rome, God used Paul. While Herod was in charge and cutting people's heads off, John the Baptist and James and others, God used Peter and God used John. The thing that hath been is that which shall be. You remember the 1960s when they told us that all the oil in the world would be gone within the next 10 years? You remember those big long lines at the service stations? <laughs> you remember the 1970s when they said another ice age is coming within the next 10 years? You remember the 1980s when they said the acid rain was going to destroy all the crops in the whole world? We would we'd have nothing left to eat. You remember in the 1990s when they said the ozone layer would be destroyed within the next 10 years? You remember the 2000s when they said that within the next 10 years, both of the ice caps were going to melt? Isn't it amazing? In 30 years' time, they went from predicting a new ice age to predicting all the ice was going to melt. And isn't it amazing that none of those things happened? 12 years from now, the sun will still rise in the east and it's still set in the west. Twelve years from now, people will be falling in love and getting married. Twelve years from now, there will be little babies. Twelve years from now, your pastor will still be uh, preaching the word of God. Unless Jesus comes back, twelve years from now, the geese will still fly south and come back north. And this book that I hold in my hand right here will still be true. And God will still be alive. And you and I will still be worshiping. What am I trying to say this morning? <laughs> Let's just all calm down. Let's quit listening to everything they have to say. And let's spend more time listening to what he has to say. And he said, day and night shall not cease. And I believe him more than I believe, what's her name, CCO or ABC or whatever her name is. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You know, I believe him a little more than I believe her. Let's have every head bowed and every eye closed.